Good morning to everyone, and uh, welcome as we worship today. God is clearly in our midst, and we've been uh, treated to the power of His Spirit, for which we are uh, very, very thankful. We uh, continue our uh, study of uh, Nehemiah. We'll be uh, working to discover lessons in leadership, an important uh, study for all of us as we consider being leaders in God's kingdom. We uh, pick up today uh, with uh, Nehemiah praying. It's a good thing that he does. He, uh, he prays as he uh, begins uh, his leadership and rebuilding the walls in Jerusalem. You know, we'd think on face value that rebuilding the walls around the, the city of Jerusalem would really not be that big of a deal. If you see the wall that now stands there uh, in, in and around Jerusalem, uh, you would soon realize that it was indeed a really big deal. To reconstruct that wall in 52 days was nothing short of miraculous. While visiting the Holy, uh, Holy Land a few years back, Cheryl and I, on a couple of occasions, ran around the perimeter of the holy city. It was uh, really quite surreal. I just couldn't believe that we were running around that wall. The wall there is, uh, is massive, as you can, can see. The, the stones uh, seem to, to reach out to the sky. Even with the benefit of today's heavy equipment rebuilding, the wall around the old city would have been a big deal. Rebuilding the wall was uh, certainly a, a matter for prayer, and uh, Nehemiah realized that. Our scripture for today is Nehemiah 1, verses 5 through 11. It contains the prayer that Nehemiah prayed as he sought God's leadership in rebuilding the walls around Jerusalem. So today we uh, read that prayer and as we read it, may it also become our prayer. So, Nehemiah 1, 5 through 11, hear this from God's word. Then I said, Lord, the God of heaven, the great and awesome God, who keeps his covenant of love with those who love him and keep his commandments, let your ear be attentive and your eyes open to hear the prayer your servant is praying before you day and night for your servants, the people of Israel. I confess the, the sins we Israelites, including myself and my father's family, have committed against you. We have acted very wickedly towards you. We have not obeyed the commands, decrees, and laws you gave your servant Moses. Remember the instruction you gave your servant Moses, saying, If you are faithful, I will scatter you among the nations. But if you return to me and obey my commands, then even if your exiled peoples are at the, the farthest horizon, I will gather them from there and bring them to the place I have chosen as a dwelling for my name. They are your servants and your people whom you redeemed by your great strength and your mighty hand. Lord, let your ears be attentive to the prayers of this your servant, 
and to the prayer of your servants who delight in revering your name. Give your servant success today by granting him favor in the presence of this man. I was a cupbearer to the king. This is God's word. May it be a deep and abiding blessing to each of us, not only as we hear this word read, but as we uh, make effort now to take our lives and apply them to this word. May God bless us all. Last week, we began the sermon series and on lessons in leadership. We, we talked last week that the building of the wall around Jerusalem eventually uh, fell to Nehemiah. He was the one the Lord raised up as leader to lead the people in rebuilding this wall. Like Esther, it was uh, for a time such as this sort of thing. Nehemiah saw a need and wanted to do everything in his power to meet that need. Nehemiah burned with a deep passion, not only for rebuilding the wall, but for the people the wall would protect. Not only for that structure, but for those who would be protected by it. That's where uh, Nehemiah's heart and passion really was. Above all things, Nehemiah wanted to be well-connected to God. So these three began to emerge as lessons in leadership for us last week, seeing a need, acting with passion, and, of course, connecting with God. These three form building blocks, a foundation, if you will, for what it means to be a leader God's way. If you will remember from last week, we talked about the the fall of the southern kingdom of Judah and the the destruction of the holy city Jerusalem in 586 B.C., all of this at the hands of the Babylonians. We also uh, shared that the, uh, the people there were sent off to exile in the faraway land of, of Babylon. Over, over time, the, the Persians came in and overthrew the Babylonians. And they took, the Persians did, a more favorable view of the Jews. And they even allowed them to return to their homeland. Nehemiah was an official in the Persian court. He was, as we read from Scripture, a, a cupbearer to the king. King, the king at that time was Artaxerxes. Nehemiah had heard of the, of the plight of, uh, of those who had already returned to Jerusalem. The walls of Jerusalem still laid in ruin, and because of that, the city was subject to attack. Nehemiah would, would get this deep sense of he needed to step up and, and, and step out. Being an official in the Persian court, or, or in the court of the Persian king, Artaxerxes, he, he decided that he would approach the king and ask for permission to return to Jerusalem and begin work on those walls. Nehemiah would not stand idly by. 
it was just in him to, uh, to, to not only see that need, but also to act upon it and see what he could do as leader to take care of that need. And hence, Nehemiah was a leader in every sense of the word. The scripture reports that, that Nehemiah was so burdened by the needs of, of those in Jerusalem that he uh, con- con- committed himself to a season of prayer and fasting. He, he would pray and, and would do so fervently. And Nehemiah 1, verses 5 through 11, is one of those prayers that he prayed. The fact that, that Nehemiah was so committed to prayer reflects the kind of leader he was. Nehemiah didn't dare strike out without first seeking God. He wanted to be careful that he didn't get, a, get ahead of God, which is something that we do all the time. We are famous for getting the cart before the horse. You and I will oftentimes get an idea. We'll even uh, do some planning. We'll even begin to execute that plan. Only then do we think to, to ask God for his blessings upon what we are about to do. What we should do is start with prayer and end with prayer and pray everywhere in between. Nehemiah did just that. He was the kind of leader whose every desire was to stay deeply connected to God through prayer. The prayer Nehemiah prays in in Nehemiah 1, 5 through 11 offers a glimpse into his heart. We also find in that prayer more than a few lessons in leadership, the sort of lessons in leadership that we've been talking about here over the past couple of weeks. So let's dig in. Let's drill down and seek to to understand these lessons in leadership as Nehemiah makes his prayer to the Lord. First, Nehemiah was quick to recognize the character of God. He recognized God as the God of heaven, great and awesome in every way. The young people gathered for Bible school this past week in this very room saying time and time again, our God is an awesome God. They too recognized the character of God. Nehemiah was quick to to praise the Lord. He recognized how great God was and by so doing emerged with a greater confidence that what God was about to do in, in and through him would, uh, would clearly bring praise and, and glory to, to his name. Because Nehemiah prayed, the task of approaching Artaxerxes for permission to rebuild the walls in Jerusalem would become less than daunting. His focus would be on God's power and not so much on the power of the king. That's what prayer does. It always puts our focus in the very place where our focus needs to be upon God. Because Nehemiah prayed, he would be well assured that God's strength would see him through. You've heard it said, there's nothing that you and the Lord can accomplish. 
You may have repeated that statement in, in your own life if, as you have faced something challenging. There's, there's nothing that, 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 that the Lord and I can't accomplish. That sort of confidence comes for those who commit themselves to God in prayer. Through prayer, we just know that God is indeed present. The prayer Nehemiah prayed was marked by a supreme confidence in God's love and in God's desire to make good on his promises. Nehemiah was confident about that, which gave him courage for the road ahead in everything that he faced. Nehemiah prayed to the Lord, the God of heaven, the great and awesome God who keeps his covenant of love with those who love him and keep his commandments. It reads an awful lot like uh, the, the great passage that Paul writes from Romans 8.28. It's already been referenced in, in this service, and, and we know that in all things God works for good of those who love him and have been called according to his purpose. Again, last week during Bible school, we, we talked about such things, particularly in, in sharing about the life of Joseph. No matter what was thrown at Joseph, Joseph always seemed to land on his feet. During Bible school, we, we talked about God being in control and how he is always working on our behalf. Clearly, he was working on behalf of Joseph. Uh, he was working on, on behalf of, of, of Nehemiah upon the, the people who are now returning from, from exile. God is actively at work in our lives to bring about his good purposes. That's what a God of love does. In the end, we, uh, we quoted not only uh, Romans 8, 28, God works uh, for the good, for those who love him and are called according to his purposes. But we, we, we quoted that great passage from Genesis 50, 20, where Joseph turns to his brothers who had done him ill. And he said, you intended it to harm me, but God intended it for good. God always at work in his life. To be confident in God's love, to be confident in God's ability to act on our behalf can strengthen us to no end. And there's no doubt that that sort of confidence, that sort of assurance comes when we say steadfast in our prayers. Nehemiah not only recognized God's character, but recognized the need for forgiveness. How interesting. We should not be surprised that this great leader was quick to seek forgiveness. Not only for, for his sins, but for the sins of his family, and in fact, for the sins of the people. For years, the, the prophets had warned Judah that unless they changed their ways, doom would follow. One prophet after another had uh, clearly made that claim. For the most part, the, the people just didn't listen. They, they were so full of themselves. They, they were blinded by their selfishness. They were at ease in Zion, literally and figuratively. All along, the, the prophets 
had, had called them to repentance, to turn away from the things they were doing and to turn toward the things of God. The people, though, in their stubbornness saw no reason to change. The prophet Jeremiah even called them a stiff-necked people. There was no way they were going to turn. Following their exile, though, in Babylon, their hearts were much more malleable. They had seen the error of their ways and were more open to making the sort of changes that God wanted them to make. In a word, the people were humbled. They realized they needed forgiveness and sought the only one who could ultimately deliver that forgiveness. I think it's interesting that here we are in the midst of a discussion about leadership and we're talking about forgiveness. We're talking about humility and confession, even being contrite. When we think of leaders, we, we usually don't think about them being contrite, but much less, much less ready to confess their shortcomings. Nehemiah offers a, a great example of a leader who lays pride aside. For him, getting the heart right uh, really is of the utmost importance, making sure that the heart is right. And in order for that to take place, there, there has to be that sort of humility before God, that contrition that leads to confession, that then leads to forgiveness. A true leader recognizes that you don't have to have it all together to be a leader. You just need to be aware of uh, who you are, not only your strengths, but also your shortcomings, and then be open to do, doing something about them. Seeking forgiveness is a good first step. King David comes to mind in, in that sort of, uh, sort of flow of being aware not only of strengths, but also of shortcomings and, and doing something about it. David had come to, the, to that sort of reckoning, reckoning about his own life and his own leadership. Only by experiencing the love and the forgiveness of God was David able to go on and be the sort of leader that God wanted him to be. You know that great passage from uh, Psalm 51, verses 1 and 2, where, where David is, is reaching out to God in prayer and and his heart is contrite. He's, he's sorrowful over what he had done in regard to Bathsheba and all that, that uh, rippled from that. He prays, have mercy on me, O God, according to your steadfast love, according to your abundant mercy, blot out my transgressions. Wash me, wash me thoroughly from my, my iniquity and cleanse me from my sin. Let's face it, every one of us stand on feet of clay, in, including those in leadership. How we deal with those feet of clay is of the utmost importance. Nehemiah knew that he had better come clean before he ever stepped out, and hence he, he seeks God's forgiveness. Let your ears be attentive, he prays. 
and your heart and your eyes open to hear the prayer of your servant. And, and this as he sought forgiveness, not only for his sins, but also for the sins of the people. We do well, you and me, to follow Nehemiah's example and to seek God's forgiveness as well. In the end, Nehemiah recognized his need for God's help. We see that throughout this prayer that he prays there in the, the first chapter of, uh, of Nehemiah. Sure, he needs God's help as he approach, approaches King Artaxerxes, but you get the sense that, that Nehemiah was all about seeking God's help all through. I found from personal experience that contrition and humility go hand in hand, and the two uh, lead me to, to a, a need, uh, to a recognition of a, of a need for God, that I am not able to go it alone. I don't know about you, but, but that, uh, that need for God and His help rings true for me. I lean on God every day. I have learned to, to go to God and to do so regularly. It is only in His strength that I am able to persevere. Nehemiah knew that what he was about to undertake was such a big deal that if he was even to begin to accomplish it, it would only come by the help and strength of God. Seeking God's help in things doesn't just have to do with the sort of big and monumental challenges that we so often face. But seeking God's help, even in those sort of small things, those, those day-to-day things, really puts us at the place where we need to be. Let your ears be attentive to the prayer of your servant and grant him success. There's a lot of talk these days about what success look like, looks like. A lot of people define that by uh, the amount of money that, that is accumulated, others by the sort of power that they yield, and then still others by the notoriety that they gain. For those who follow God, success may very well be defined by that which gives a claim to God. In the end, that really is our aim. Not so much a, a quest for the most money or the most power or the, the greatest notoriety, but, but how is it that what I am doing How is it as I exercise my leadership, how is God gaining the praise and glory? How is a claim flowing His way on account of the things that I do? Nehemiah knew that when it came right down to it, the success of what he was trying to do depended a whole lot more on God than it did on him, which is the primary reason for him seeking God in prayer in the first place. A true leader, one in the mold of Nehemiah, is never shy about asking for God's help. A leader who asks for God's help is well aware that that if there is any gain 
that, that comes, it is because of God and God alone. Seeking God's help is yet another one of those building blocks that, that makes for a true leader. It makes for leadership God's way. Well, our passage for today uh, ends rather abruptly, rather curiously. Nehemiah states, I was a cupbearer to the Lord. When it came to him exercising leadership, Nehemiah started where he was, and he moved on from there. And maybe even better put, God started with Nehemiah right where he was and moved him beyond. Nehemiah was content to, to make the best of his situation, and leveraging that, and in his case as cupbearer to the king, leveraging that to, in the best ways possible. Nehemiah would take one step at a time, trusting God all along. And that was manifest and clearly expressed as he, uh, as he prays time and time again, praying for God's help to accomplish what he was called to do. With each step, Nehemiah remained deeply committed to God. And he did that through prayer, certainly, and in his prayers, recognizing the very character of God, understanding his need for forgiveness, and looking to God for help. These are the lessons in leadership that Nehemiah practiced, and they are the lessons that we would do well to, to practice as well, recognizing God's character, his love and and every desire to be involved in our lives, to understand our need for forgiveness, that as we find ourselves contrite, as we even confess before the Lord, as we experience His forgiveness, then we, we then are better able to look for God's help. And not just to look for it, but to experience it, to be strengthened in every way as we too seek to be leaders God's way. Let's pray together. And God, we do thank you for the mantle of leadership that you seek to lay uh, upon our lives. We pray, God, that uh, you keep us at our prayers. And in our praying, may we recognize who you are May we recognize our need for you, particularly in, in regard to the ways that we have separated ourselves from you. Lord, in our prayers, may we recognize our need for your help. Do strengthen us just now. Illumine our lives and bring us to the place where we hear your call to leadership. Raise us up. Give us good vision. Strengthen us. And may it be that we would be about those things that you would uh, have us to be about. And all along, God, we pray 
that you would gain the praise and glory. This is our every intent. Thank you, Lord, for being the, the Lord of our lives, for seeing fit to bend our way and to touch our lives. We pray, Lord, that you lead and guide us as only you can. We do ask this prayer in the name of Christ, trusting in the power of that name for today's world. Amen.